0: and welcome to Captivated Audience. My name is Marie Lundberg and joined as always by my friend and professional colleague Samantha Sheen. Hi Sam, how
1: are you doing today? It's great, it's raining but the flowers are growing.
0: We have a very special podcast coming for you today from literally the other side of the world and we are in Singapore. Namit Abid, welcome to Captivated Audience. Thank you very much, thank you for having me uh, Marie and Sam, I really appreciate it. Namita, could I trouble you to give us a little bit on your background and what you do for a living now you're based in Singapore?
2: A quick intro of who I am and what I do. I run a creative banking consulting advisory service to help banks, corporates, fintechs and regtechs. Our purpose is to simplify our kind problems. We're bringing common sense back to financial services. Uh, to creatively solve for problems uh, we successfully bridge that gap we offer a full length of services all the way from consulting strategy solution design and execution a little bit of my personal background I'm an ex-banker turned entrepreneur driving growth for a fintech also at the moment as a client I have worked across the board from greenfield innovation strategy uncertainty strategy, payments, transformation, you pretty much name it all. So the diverse background of, and also the most recent corporate role was running innovation for financial crime compliance for a large wholesale bank.
1: So Nimita, you've got a pretty good lay of the land there. Out in your jurisdiction when it comes to banking, I'm interested to know, given the COVID restrictions that Singapore is observing, what's the Singapore regulator signaling to banks in terms of their ability to work remotely or using technology?
2: I think one of the things that Singapore is sort of in a pioneer, you know, digital banking, uh, a lot of technology, but the island is pretty much wired and everything is done as much contactless as as possible. So obviously that being the sort of infrastructure infrastructure, I think most banks have very strong BCPs and you know have tried and tested. So they have easily moved into uh, working remotely. I think most uh, large banks or international banks, multinational banks have that infrastructure. In my 20 plus years of career, I've always worked remotely. COVID, no COVID. So I don't think that's sort of become a DNA of who we are today, right? We all work globally. We all work digitally. So but from a consumer standpoint, I think it's pretty much seamless. There's a lot of variety of payment methods that are making it contactless. You know, digital bank wallets, you name it, is 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 absolutely possible to move. Of course, the economy is affected. But from a consumer and making it easier for the community, I think they have the right infrastructure. So definitely, I think they're uh, sort of out there.
0: Namita... No, the Monetary Authority of Singapore, MA, is the regulator. They have been issuing advisory notice to the financial institutions since January, according to the FinTrade report, Keep Calm and Keep Planning. Knowing Singapore is a huge fintech hub as well, has there been any stimulus packages announced for, for the companies that might be struggling in these times?
2: Absolutely. I mean, you know, I think one of the big things for the Monetary Authority of Singapore is to really... Harness a collaborative ecosystem across the board for banks, uh, for fintech. They have come up with about two or three uh, stimulus in forms of grants, in forms of uh, debt that these organizations can apply for. Uh, I registered with the Singapore Fintech Association, which sort of is a non-for-profit but work. They basically drive the ecosystem and work with the regulators and all the fintech. So they have a grant Apex, which is one of the big asean innovation network which is essentially a marketplace for apis and to drive a, really an API exchange for opening up cross-border and open architecture for fintech so they're they're using that platform to drive some of that there's a fund which has been set up by razor for about 50 million just to help Companies And they also have an AMTD solidarity fund. What they're trying to do is really help companies to go through these existing platforms. Uh, you know, you're certified, you have the infrastructure, and then it's a lot easier to move forward. So certainly they they've, uh, moved very quickly in terms of trying putting together support. The government also has a lot of support for um, self-employed or, you know, people who are running their businesses. You know, it could be uh, it subsidies in terms of your rental, it's salaries, you know, just to keep make sure that the lights are on and the organization can retain people and doesn't impact the economy.
1: Namita, here in Europe, we have a regulation in relation to what we call the EIDAS program so that's Mm -hmm. basically a program introduced first and foremost for government services where you can validate or verify your identity electronically is there a similar program that is running in Singapore or how are businesses dealing with no longer doing face-to-face or is this just old hat for them to be establishing people's identity for KYC purposes online
2: so they have something called MyInfo, which is online repository for me to just do a KYC check for everything I need from an ID perspective. So if I need to onboard anybody or do anything from a transaction perspective, I can very quickly just do a check on it. It's an API-based um, system where, where where people can do that. So it's very easy. And given the way Singapore is from a control perspective, it's a lot easier that once everyone has an ID and your ID is really your electronic identification. You can't do anything. It's part of the DNA. Um, Everyone needs that for you to do anything in Singapore, really.
0: It ties nicely into Singapore being an international finance center, but also having all these uh, fintech companies and all the, of course, the international banking presence. Does it apply just to individuals or is it also for corporate use?
2: It is for corporates as well. You have, but you know, I think corporates is always very tricky, uh, as we know from our corporate banking perspective. Uh, just to make sure those checks and balances take a little bit longer than per, for, for personal uh, consumers. But in in terms of infrastructure, it's all available. And it's not very difficult to access. You can easily ping those uh, systems and get what you need. It's almost become um, electricity, right? It's become uh, blood flowing through your systems in terms of that infrastructure. I don't even think about it as something new or uh, innovative. It's, it's been part of the system for a while now for in, in Singapore.
1: Compliance people have been through a ton of changes over the last 10 years. I can remember when they first were part of the legal team, then they got moved to the risk team. Then you needed your chief compliance officer or MLRO to report directly to the board. So we changed that again. They didn't even like that change. If you were to give some top tips to compliance people on how to do this better because I think sometimes we're our own worst enemies when it comes to technology and you know we turn into the abominable no people we become the people who always say no not how I don't know if you share that observation and have any suggestions how we could be doing it better
2: that's one of my favorite things to work with, people across businesses and the various support organizations. You're absolutely right, but change is sort of the most constant thing that has happened across financial services uh, as a whole. And you know, and that will continue to be the case, right? So because your customers are also becoming more and more astute to the, the need of transparency, the need of better product, ease of product, simplification of things, transparency are are sort of the I would say the bedrock of everything we do today. Now, having said that, what that means from a bank which is supporting customers is when I started that role in the bank, um, one of the questions I asked my colleagues in compliance say where millions of transactions have been screened and monitored. Do we know the products that make money for us? Or what is it that the bank does at a fundamental level? And, you know, I'm sure it's not going to surprise you. There was a, a fairly significant percentage of people who were like, why are you asking us this? How does it matter? But to me, that's the fundamental problem where, you know, both parties need to appreciate. There's a role, it's it's like a manufacturing line, right? And one of the banks I worked for, there was a whole thing about industrialization. I mean, while banking is very complicated to a degree, but it also can be simplified because it's a, a very repeatable product structure that we do. I'm sure there's uh, investment bankers would disagree with me, but I think there's a fundamental thing of going through the Kaizen model, which meant which means that you have to do something on a repeated fashion, and you can improve on the back of it. So the cross-pollination for me is a very, 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 very key part of it. You have to be interested to support the businesses and vice versa. So we did a lot of stand-up sessions where we just had people talking to each other about who they are, what their products are, why they're doing this, and and getting ideas from people bottom-up. Because if I am an ops person and I fulfill a client obligation, i would have inputs in in something that i'm developing the same way if i am a compliance person i am also being i will able to tell you that which regulation works and how do we make sure that the products are foolproof and that we have thought about it. So it's a very consultative approach. To be honest, I think everyone's figuring it out. The environment is moving so quickly, the regulators are challenged, clients are challenged. So there are things that you can do. But fundamentally, I think the principles of banking don't really change. But I think the eagerness of wanting to be more relevant, speed is key. So which means that everybody has to work smarter, because I say so doesn't work anymore. It has to be a lot more around. Okay, what the frameworks are, what the controls are. Why am I asking these questions, or why would somebody ask that question? And I am seeing a bit of a shift. I do see um, people from product or you know RMs getting into compliance roles, vice versa. You're you're you are seeing a bit of that change and movement. But you know, I think there is still, for some reason, a bit of fear. Um, and I think the more we do these, I think the conversation and the needle hopefully moves a bit more to say okay this is very basic bread and butter i should know how my product is going to get fulfilled for a client
0: i agree with you there namita because it it comes back again to risk management and understanding what kind of products you're offering to your customer base and also Coming back to that formal risk assessment that you need to tie it all together in uh, for a financial crime um, prevention program. I liked how you said that it's a cross-pollination between the first and second line, if if I put my words to to what you said. We know that from different regulators, and we have been reading on all these cases, banks getting sanctioned and, and administrative fines that they always almost comes back to the lack of collaboration between first mm-hmm. and second line what what should we do then to to become better because we do know that a really good compliance officer understands the business and a really good first line person always understands the the laws and the regulations that they need to abide by so just give us your your top 3 tips
2: i think the two or three things um, that that i see is is really um, being part of the process from the very beginning. So all support groups and you know, you you have a a group of or a really smart group of people thinking about products not only on the business side, but all the people who it could be tech, it is risk, it's compliance, it's legal, everyone's on the table discussing those. And being part of the journey from the beginning, you can you can already make sure that you have some of those taken care of up front. Second thing is lesson learned from what went wrong, right? I think I find that very, very powerful. Hopefully, you know, people don't make the same mistakes and then incorporating it to say, right, I also then can move seven steps. I think the frustration on the business side is that I have 700 forms. I don't know what I'm feeling. So the conversation has to also shift with the, with the regulators in terms of also, what are, why do we need this information? I've already got all of that. How do I ensure that, it's smart information and information can be reused as much as I can. I think that also is a is a big part of asking the questions to really make sure that the right answers are given in the right format. So so that becomes a key part. And I think the third important thing really is about how do you educate your customers, right? And also across your own ecosystem, everyone that supports you fulfilling that, you know, in a correspondent banking business, you need a lot of different partners and ensuring everybody is playing their part. It's the collective responsibility of everyone to have clean money flow. One of the big things is around education and what are the signs and why are we doing this? If you are equipping your first line of people, especially we're doing the onboarding and stuff, who can already assess where they are, I think a lot of problems get solved. But if you miss something, then you have the second line, but that continuous dialogue and education and enablement, I feel is a very important part. To me, the fact that lack of collaboration or lack of conversation is not really something, it's a common sense problem, right? It's not a technical problem, right? Why are CEOs, uh, I mean, I read the Bank report, why, are, why is the CEO of Swedbank not aware of what his or her obligations are as a business? To me, this is a fundamental thing. Anyone who runs a business has to work from a risk management perspective, right? When I ran large programs, I had a risk tracker was the first thing we, we set up because that, that's where you know uh, if things are going pear-shaped, that's where it's going to start. It's not the other way around, and then you develop from there.
1: One final question from me, Namita, before we close off. You're clearly a people person. You like to dialogue. You like to work things out through discussion. Mm-hmm. How are you coping? I mean, how many weeks have you been in isolation or self-social uh, distancing now?
2: You know, having been, been an entrepreneur, I I end up doing a lot of my work uh, in the same fashion. Zooms, zooms the next uh, in-person coffee, shall I say? you know, I'm okay. I think uh, I've got my two two pets who keep me busy and grounded. Uh, and, and sort of, pl- you know, sort of continuing to have a bit of a schedule. Uh, and, you know, lots of uh, house party apps and meeting, you know, catching up with friends and family. So I think that sort of continues to be the case. We're all living in this virtual world. Frankly, my parents live in India. I'm here. My brother lives in Germany. All my friends are everywhere. So that's something become a way of life now, right? So it is hard. I think the option of not going out is is, is the hard part of it. But but you know you're sort of okay. You're you're waiting for first of June, um, and you know you know there's there's light at the end of the tunnel, and that will change. But other than that, you know the dogs are getting extra walks, and they're like really like fourth walk of the day. We usually have two walks. Is <laughs> is something which is I feel everybody in my neighborhood is just absolutely walking their dogs a little too extra just for a night, you know, that's allowed, that's an essential activity. So yeah, you know, I think uh, one has to, and it's the right thing, right? Social distancing is, is an important part of something we've never experienced in our lifetime. So this unprecedented uh, COVID-19 um, got to be done. So, you know, you've got to do your part and keep going, really.
1: Well, on that note, Namita, thank you so much for taking part in our podcast today.
2: Not, not at all. Thank you so much uh, for the opportunity. Uh, you know, I wish you ladies all the luck and hopefully we get to work together again soon
1: and if you'd like to take part in one of our future podcasts or if you have any ideas you'd like to share with us about future topics you'd like us to cover feel free to reach out to us on our website captivatedaudience.eu or you can also drop us a line directly on linkedin until the next time have a great day and stay safe